This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. get into week two of our brand new series entitled Clearly. Uh, Last week, my son Nick, wow, what a powerful job he did in teaching what he taught. Uh, I've already listened to, yeah, I've already listened to it twice. It's pretty bad when your son's correcting you. But anyhow, I've listened to that message twice. And, uh, you know, he, he talked about what do you do when your expectations are in conflict with your reality. And I, I think it's one of the most powerful messages that he has preached. And uh, just a powerful, powerful time. He started off, launched this series. And in fact, I want to remind you, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago, all of our campus pastors taught at all the campuses, and uh, Fred and Andrew Nava, and, and, uh, and then uh, Anthony did it here in Clovis, and they all did a superb job. I know we're working on getting those messages, yeah, on the, on the podcast so, so that you can listen to those. But today, I want to continue in the series of Clearly, and here's my thought. Here's where we're, we're, we're jumping off today. Here's the thought today for for where we're going. It's this right here. The clarity that you need to make sense of your life comes when you begin to see God clearly. Man, I hope that that gets deep on the inside of you. Um, In fact, let me pray right now. Father, I just pray that we'd have such laser-like focus at all of the campuses, that God, your truth today would would so impregnate us, oh God, that we could, God, walk in a greater level of your blessings. God, I'm so grateful and so thankful for every person, every family, every home that is represented in all of our campuses. And I'm just asking, God, for your help. Use me, oh God, to speak words of, of heaven, God, to your people. That, God, in this moment, as, as, as three campuses are together, God, all, all these people together, God, that it would be a life-changing moment. God, I pray that we wouldn't be distracted by our phones, by social media. God, there'd be no distraction at any of the campuses. Technology would work, God, effectively and properly. God, I pray that you would help us today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want to say this again. The clarity that you need to make sense of your life, because we're all right there, because some of you are desperately trying to make sense of your life. Notice, comes when you begin to see God clearly. Some of you look at that at face value and say, well, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm sure if I had more money, uh, it would make more sense in my life. If I had a better job, if I had a new wife, I'm here to tell you that the answer that you're looking for at the end of the day, when you chase all those rabbits, I'm here to tell you what you need is a clear picture, a clear vision, a fresh encounter with your, with your God. Uh, the other day, I went into our pantry, and, uh, and I walked in, and all over the floor were Dorito chips. I'm going, wow, what in the world has happened in our pantry? Now, I used to be used to that kind of thing when my kids lived at home, but, but God has blessed me, and they have all moved out. And I'm so grateful, so thankful. We are empty nesters, and me and my wife are enjoying that season of our lives, and they're married, and we're not taking them back. They can't come back. You've you got to stay. 
away. So our house typically stays really clean. And so I walked into the pantry and it's chaos. I mean, Dorito chips are all over the place. I go, wow, my wife must have really been hungry. And uh, I'm confused. It's like, what in the world? It was just so out of the box. What in the world is going on? And, And then I walked to our living room and Sitting on the couch was, was my seven-year-old grandson, Elam. And the moment that I saw him clearly is the moment I got clarity, hello somebody, for my pantry. Elam is a Dorito-eating machine. I'm telling you, the kid will eat you out of, out of the house. I don't care how many bags of Doritos you have. He'll go through them. And I know that. I'm telling you, I know that. In fact, I'm telling you the truth. If I know Elam is coming, if I get a warning, baby, he's coming, I'm bringing him home. I will go down to the pantry and pull all the Dorito chips, and I will hide them in our house. Seriously. And here's what I want you to get today is the, the moment I seen Elam clearly is the moment I got perspective for the messy pantry. The moment you see God clearly is the moment you're going to get perspective and clarity for the life you're trying to figure out. Now, I, I'm not... I'm not saying that God made the mess. I'm saying God will go in and clean up the mess. Are you here today? And I want to show you this principle in the story in the book of Isaiah, chapter 6. I'm going to read several verses here, eight different verses to give you the story. And we're going to show this principle so that we can start looking in the right direction Isaiah 6, verse 1, it says, It was the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord, and he was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Uh, Attending him were mighty seraphims. These are angels, each having six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces, and with two wings, they covered their, their feet, and with the other two, they flew. And verse 3 says, They were calling out to each other, Holy Holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundation and the entire building was filled with smoke. And then I said, it's all, it's all over. This is Isaiah saying this. He's encountered God and he says, it's all over. I'm doomed for I'm a sinful man. I have filthy lips. I live among a filthy people with filthy lips, yet I have seen the king and the Lord of heaven's armies. Uh, Let me make sure you understand, Isaiah is encountering his God. And in this encounter, in this encounter, in this encounter, he's seen things about himself. I'm doomed. I'm a sinful man. And then one of the seraphims, verse 6, flew to me with a burning coal. He had taken from the altar with a pill, with a pair of tongs, and he touched my lips with it and said, see, this coal has touched your lips. Now your, I like this, your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. And then I heard the Lord asking, whom shall I send as a messenger to this people? 
Who will go for us? And here is Isaiah's words. I said, here am I. Send me. Uh, Let me give you some background or some understanding about Isaiah here. Isaiah uh, was considered to be one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. Uh, He was absolutely used mightily by God to speak instruction and direction to God's people who were actually under a very difficult circumstance in in that time. Uh, Here's what's interesting is um, out of all the prophets in the Old Testament, Jesus actually quoted from him, Isaiah, more than any other prophet. If you've been in church a long time or you've read your Bible, you'll know in Luke chapter 4, which records Jesus' very first message he preached, he, he got the book of Isaiah and he opened and he said this, the Spirit, and he's quoting from Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and the brokenhearted. And he goes on and on and he gets done quoting Isaiah. He closes the book. He sits down and he says, this day... That prophecy is fulfilled. Uh, You know you're bad when Jesus is quoting your stuff. Now, the first five chapters of uh, Isaiah, very interesting in the context of what we just read. We read Isaiah chapter 6, but the first five chapters of Isaiah is actually a lament about the condition of God's people. In other words, Isaiah is in grief about the condition and the hopelessness and the struggles that are all around them. And he's talking about it and he's documenting it and he's lamenting about it. And then he comes to chapter 6 and begins to give insight why why they're grieving. And uh, in part, in Isaiah chapter 6, he says, in the year that King Uzziah Died. This is in part why we're grieving. Uh, now, for Isaiah and the people of Israel, uh, hear this. The death of Uzziah was a huge, huge deal. It's a big thing. Uh, you see, King Uzziah was the hope for their nation changing. King, King Uzziah had become a hero to the people. He was really loved by them. He was an awesome, awesome leader. In fact, God used him greatly uh, uh, in, in, in that part of the world. He was intelligent. He was innovative. Uh, he, was, he, was, uh, he, he actually engineered and built towers that he'd, they'd never seen in that part of the world at that time. He invented weaponry and, and machinery and tools and invented wheels and so many other kinds of gadgets and mechanisms. This guy was just really intelligent. And he, he was there. He was their beloved king, and he was their hero. And, and the sad thing about, about all of this is that Uzziah started off well, but he didn't finish well. In fact, the Bible records at the end of Uzziah's life, he got so arrogant and so lifted up in pride that it caused his downfall. And so Uzziah has died, and The people are devastated. Um, He was their hope, again, for changing their nation. And 
And, and actually, the nation is in an uproar, and they're in chaos, and they're confused, and, 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 and the nation is falling apart, and uh, they're, they're in, in darkness and disarray. And even for, and you need to hear this, even for the prophet Isaiah, this was a close, close friend to him. Isaiah loved him dearly. So Isaiah chapter 6 Isaiah saying, this was one of my lowest moments. This was the year Uzziah died. This was the year I lost my friend. I lost my king. I lost my hope. And in this defining moment, hear this, hear this at all the campuses, in this defining moment for Isaiah, in the midst of his grief, their grief, in the midst of this this, this, this pain, Isaiah runs to God and not from God. Absolutely huge because human nature is, is that, that when you're struggling and you're in pain and things are uh, disarray and you're confused, we typically don't show up at church and run to God necessarily. Typically what we do is we, it's just human nature, we run from God. And um, it's at this moment that he actually runs to God that Isaiah, here we go, clearly sees the Lord and everything changes for him. Everything. Maybe you're here today or one of our campuses and someone or something has died. Maybe you're here and you have recently lost a, a loved one and you're, man, you're just overwhelmed by the grief and the pain of that loss. I know even this last week, I know there's, there's a family in our church that lost their daughter in a horrific car accident. And what do you say? The pain, the grief of that, of that moment. Man, maybe you're here, maybe at one of the campuses and maybe it's your, your dream or your hope or your career that, that seemingly seems like it's died. Or maybe, maybe it's just a relationship uh, that has fallen apart and there's no hope. Maybe, maybe for others it's a personal failure that, that has shamed you and paralyzed you from moving forward in life. This is what I want you to hear. Please hear it. Before you check out, go to sleep on me at all campuses. This is what you need to hear. When life is not making sense, when life is not clear, in those darkest moments in your life, do what Isaiah did. Run to God, not from him. And once he did that, it changed everything in his life. And if you'll do that, I'm here to tell you, that's the hope. It'll change everything in your life. Notice what he says now in the context of what we just said. He says, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up. He's not at a bar drinking. He's not popping pills. He's not, he's not trying to win the lottery. He says, I'm taking my pain to the throne room of Almighty God. And here's what I see. I see, I see, I see the Lord sitting on a throne. And He's high and lifted up. Isaiah is seeing God clearly. He's seeing just how big his, his God is, how awesome his God is. Notice that 
Isaiah didn't say, my God is low and weak. He says, no, my God, I'm seeing clarity here. I understand why the Doritos are all over the floor. I, I see God. He's high and he's lifted up. He is seeing a God that is above all, higher than any opposition, uh, higher above all authorities. And then he says this remarkable statement. He says, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Oh, I got to get you to understand this. He's, he's seeing God clearly. He's, he's running to God in his darkest hour and he sees God not low and weak. He sees him high and lifted up. And then everywhere he looks in the temple, he sees this train and this train is filling the temple. And the day that Isaiah lived in, the robes that the kings would wear had trains or or what you might call a cape on the back of them that were attached and they would flow down from their, their, their robes. Now, I really want to make sure you get this. And uh, the thing that we could maybe get an understanding is kind of our superheroes. They don't have a long train, but they all have a cape. Now, in, in my day job, I'm actually, I've actually got a day job and I'm wearing my uniform. And I want to show you real quickly so you understand what this train or cape might look like. So here I am. My day job. Oh, yeah. That, that's a cape. That's a, that's a train, and that's my biceps. Woo, glory to God. Um, in, <laughs> in, if the king's kingdom was small, that cape or that train would be small. If the, if the king's kingdom was medium-sized, then the the train or the cape would be longer or medium size. But if he had a great kingdom, then that train would be great. In fact, when you would defeat another kingdom, the most prized possession that you would get is not the gold and the silver. It would be the train. You would actually take the train from the other king and you would sew it onto your train because now you have had authority over that king. And so Isaiah said, when, what I saw when I ran to God and not away from him is I, I saw that God had so much in his kingdom that his train filled the whole temple. He said, guys, everywhere I looked, there was fabric. There was a train in every corner, every crevice of the temple which to Isaiah meant that everything was up underneath God's authority. That God's authority was literally over everything because there wasn't a place in the temple that there wasn't a piece of the train covering. Are you hearing me? In other words, Isaiah was saying, what I saw when I saw that train is I understood that there was nothing that God couldn't do, that there was nothing that God couldn't fix, that there was nothing that God couldn't overcome. Everything had to bow to his authority. Every power, every authority, every demon, every devil, every sickness, every disease had to bow to the authority of my God that was high and lifted, lifted up. Wow. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord so clearly. And what I saw is a God that is so big and so awesome. 
Isaiah said, I saw God so clearly that I saw that God had all power. He was all powerful. Now, here's what I want you to hear today. When Isaiah saw God clearly, there were three things that happened in his life that actually gave him clarity to move forward. It's the same three things that you will see in your life, the clearer God gets to you. Here's number one, the first thing. When you see God clearly, you begin to see yourself clearly. When you see God clearly, you begin to see yourselves clearly. The moment Isaiah saw God correctly is the moment he saw himself correctly. Notice here in verse 5, then I said, it's all over. I'm done. I'm doomed for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips. My, My lips are the problem and I live among a people with filthy lips and yet I have seen, seen the king. Isaiah is saying, the moment I saw the Lord is the moment I saw my own condition. I saw how undone I was, how messed up I was. I realized that our grieving and our issues was not just because Uzziah had died, but there was other things going on in my life that God needed to deal with. And I'm just here to tell some of you today, all of our campuses, sometimes you think you know the issue. But if you ever see, see God clearly, it's, it's going to bring clarity to the things in your own life that need to be fixed. They're undone. They need to be changed. There's adjustments that need to go on in your life. It became clear to me, Isaiah is saying, that I was a sinful man and I needed help. Uh, I need you to hear this truth today. I know it's quiet because of the subject matter. It's going to get better in a moment. You're going to scream and yell in a moment, but I hope you really hear what we're talking about. Nothing, here's what I need you to hear. Nothing in your life can change for the good if you don't see your real condition. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing in your life can change for the good if you're not willing to see who you really are. That's why you need to run to God. That's why you need to get close to God. That's why you need to see him clearly. Because in seeing God clearly, God begins to show you your real condition, condition, the real issue, the things that aren't right, the things that need to change, the adjustments that he wants you to make. And you might just be one adjustment away from a great life, but you can't see it because you're in the pantry looking at the Doritos and you need to go to the living room and see God. I'm preaching better than you're shouting over there, Madeira. We see this in the life of David. I mean, it takes guts to, to do this, but, but this, is, this is how you're going to have clarity for your life. This is, you, you can't move forward being who you are. It's got you this far. I like this because David knew this principle. This is what David, King David said. He said to God, he got close to God. He went Godward. He says, search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any wicked or hurtful way in me and lead me in the way 
everlasting. David is saying, God, I, I need you to get me back on course. Now, we just don't do this naturally. No, we like to talk about other people and their issue and their mess. We'll text and blog and tweet about all them because we're, we're pros, right? We're prophets when it comes to other people's messes, but blinded to the own issues in our own life. And it's when you see God clearly. It's the reason why it's so important to come to church week in and week out. Why? Because we're, we're coming before God and the clearer we see God, the clearer we can see ourselves. It's the reason why you need to open the Bible daily because the closer you get to God, the closer you're going to see yourself. It's the reason why you need to pray. The closer you get to God, the clearer God becomes to you. Hello. Then the clearer what's wrong and what needs to change in your life is going to be revealed. David goes to God. He invites God. God, search me. Check up on me. Most painful prayers I pray. I, I maybe not pray it every day, but I, pr- I try to include this prayer in, in my life. Sometimes I don't like the results of it. God, God, what's wrong with me? I, I know what's wrong with my wife, but God, what's wrong with me? Huh? We're good at that, right? God, what needs to change in my, in my life? Now, here's the good news. I know it's painful. I know there's not a lot of shouting, but here's the good news. God, God doesn't leave you in that messed up condition. There's a progression. When you see God, you're going to see yourself. But God doesn't show you your mess to leave you there. Because notice the second thing that happens when you see God clearly. Number two, when you see God clearly, it becomes clear that God wants to cleanse you. Wow, God wants to cleanse you. Isaiah 6, 6 and 7. Then one of the seraphims flew the angel to me with a burning coal that he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. And he touched my, my lips with it and said, see, this coal has, has touched your lips. Now, now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. God doesn't expose your mess so you can stay in the pain of your mess. God shows you what's wrong so that he can cleanse it and remove it and Forgive it, and so you can acknowledge it, and it can be dealt with. God wants to cleanse you from that sin. God wants to cleanse you from that guilt. You see, the, the altar here is the place where, where blood was, was shed to pay for the sins of humanity, the, the sacrificial system in the Old Testament. The, the, the altar for us is the cross of Jesus. It was on the cross that Jesus paid for our sins. Hear me? Past sins present sins and the sins that you still have not committed, past, present, and future, Jesus died for them all. And just like the coal from the altar of sacrifice that touched Isaiah and cleansed him, I'm here to tell you, in the same way the cross of Jesus can touch you and cleanse you from all your sins and remove all your guilt. I wish I could get somebody excited about what I'm preaching. Woo! I'm just here to tell you, if you'll get close to God, if you'll begin to see him clearer, the God, the God that shows your condition doesn't leave you in that condition, but he'll show you his mercy. He'll show you his grace. 
So you see, God wants to forgive you. He wants to cleanse you. He wants to wash away all of your yesterdays. He didn't show you your mess to leave the mess. He's going to clean the Doritos up. He's going to forgive you and cleanse you. Isaiah 43, 25. This is later on in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah got this revelation and understanding. He says, I, he says this concerning God. I am the God who forgives your sins. And I do this because of who I am. I will not hold your sins against you. Such a powerful verse. One translation says, I remember your sins no more. Can you catch that? When, when you acknowledge the condition of your life, I'm undone. I'm a sinful man. God, I've got issues in my life. God, help me, heal me, forgive me. God washes that away. He cleanses that away. He removes that guilt. And then he does, ne- he does not ever, ever remember that sin against you ever again. And I'm here to tell you, if God can forget it, then you need to forget it. You see, it's the devil that wants to define you by your past condition, but God wants to define you by your future condition, and that's why he cleanses you. Now, Isaiah goes before God, and he sees how big God is and how awesome God is, and the moment he sees God's awesomeness is the moment he sees his own condition. And then he sees God's desire to forgive him and cleanse him. And most of us stop there. Most of us are satisfied there. For so many, they stop with God's cleansed me. God has forgiven me. You see, so many have made Christianity about just just God forgiving them and cleansing them. But I'm here to tell you, God didn't just forgive you. And God didn't just cleanse you so you can go to another church service and hear another sermon. One clap here in Clovis. That was awesome. I'm going to say it again. God didn't cleanse you and God didn't forgive you so you could sit on the sidelines and do nothing with your life. God has a plan. God has a purpose. God has an assignment for your life. God has something he needs you to do. It's progressive. Notice what happens next. The third thing that happens when he sees God clearly. Number three, when you see God clearly, it becomes clear that God has an assignment for you. We read it in verse eight. He says, then I heard the Lord asking, whom shall I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? God is saying, I need somebody, and there is Isaiah. Oh, 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 oh. Send me, Lord. I'll go. Lord, send, send me. God says, God says, I have something that I want done on the earth. I have something that I want done in your job. I have something I want done in your neighborhood. I have something I want done in your city, in your community. And I need... I need a volunteer. I need somebody that'll go just beyond the cleansing. I need somebody that'll get in the game. This is amazing to me because because one moment Isaiah goes from being messed up to becoming God's messenger. Is that not incredible? Man, I could just start crying like a baby right there because I know my mess. I know all you are like cousins to Jesus, and you've never done anything wrong. But, but, but I know my mess, and it's amazing to me that one moment you can be stuck in your mess, 
And the next moment, God can be saying, I need, I need a messenger. I, I, need to, I need to use your life. I need to give significance and purpose and identity to your life. And he goes from one moment being in a mess to the next moment being God's messenger. And you see that all throughout the Bible. I'm sure Isaiah was probably going, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't know you could use me. I, my life is in such a mess. And God would have just simply said, as he's saying to you today, that's right. I use messed up people to help messed up people. Because we're all in a mess. Okay, God, I understand you cleansed me and you forgave me not to sit on a a chair and just hear another sermon. I I need to get in the game. God, God, send send me to my job. Send me to my neighbor. Send me to my family. And and, uh, I'm here to tell you that you have an assignment, that that you have a, a purpose. God has called you to do something and now, this is a strong statement. You've got to hear this. I believe it's truth. You will never experience the best parts of God until you start doing something for God. Don't, don't make Christianity, don't make Christianity about your mess and then getting forgiven and then your mess and, and then you getting forgiven and then your mess and, and then you getting forgiven. That's not Christianity. No, no, no. You see your mess. He cleanses you from your mess. And then you get busy with the assignment and the calling God has for you. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're screaming and shouting this morning. I got to wrap this up. It's why you're breathing. It's why you're, you're existing. God wants to use you in your own unique way to make a difference in your world. There are people in your world that only you can reach, that you can only, you can only reach. Uh, here's the principle that I want you to see today as we land this, this sermon. God touches you so you can touch others. God touches you so you can touch others. Notice Paul, what he wrote in 2 Corinthians. He wrote this. He says, let us give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, a merciful Father, the God from whom all help comes. Now catch it. Come on, at all the campuses, Fresno, Madeira, don't miss this. He helps us in all our troubles so that we are able to help others. That's why he does it. <laughs> in fact, in fact, you might be saying, well, I never get any help. Maybe it's because you're not interested in helping, helping others. God helps you. So you'll get in the game and help others. Um, some of you are in a defining moment in your life. You're living You're living in the year that King Uzziah has died. That dream has died. That that hope has died. That that relationship has died. Maybe maybe for some of you here at other campuses, I know we're large enough and there's so many things that go on. Maybe 
maybe, maybe your spouse died. Maybe, maybe a loved one died. And man, this has got to be the darkest moment of your life. You just can't see how you can go forward. It's dead. My dream's dead. My hope is dead. My future is dead. And this is, this is what I want you to hear as I close this service. It's what I've come to tell you. In that pain, in that disappointment, in that hopelessness, don't run from God. Run to God. Do what Isaiah did. Why? Because the clarity that you need for your life comes when, you're, when you clearly see your God high and lifted up. Clarity came for Isaiah, and clarity will come for you when you run to God and see a God, your God, who is not low and weak, but high and lifted up. Uh, I just preached to you why celebration exists. That's why we exist. My, my hope is that my hope is that you would see God so clearly week in and week out, week out that it would give you the clarity to make sense of the life you live that you would see his train that you would see his authority over all other authorities that when he is revealed to you you would see yourself not, 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 not to sit in that pain of what you see, but, but to allow him to cleanse you and to fix you and to clean the Doritos up in your life so that you could get back on mission and the assignment. There is life beyond your darkest hour. Oh, yeah. I'm going to ask you to stand all over Clovis here in Fresno, Madeira, as we, as we close in prayer. I'm going to ask at all of our campuses, I know the tendency, and I know you're already thinking, man, let's, let's get out of here. Let's go get our kids. Let's beat everybody else out of the parking lot because, we, you know, we, we're hungry. And, I, and I'm, just, I'm just here to ask for honor in this moment. For, for those that don't know, this is the most important part of the service, and you moving around could distract somebody else from making that decision that they need to make today that will change their life forever. So I'm just asking that all the campuses, if you'll just hold tight, we're just about a few minutes out from getting out of here. How how many of you say, I'm I'm glad I came to church today? Come on. Oh God, help us. Help us to see you, to see you clearly. God, I pray for all these at all of our campuses. God, I believe, I believe they're I thank God there's so many of us like Isaiah. God, we've been struggling. We've been hurting. God, things have kind of been in disarray. It's been a dark, dark season. God, hope has died. And God, the struggle's real. And Father, we make up our mind. I, I pray, God, for people at all the campuses, God, that, that God, they would sense your love, that, that God, they wouldn't run from you, but they would run to you and God today as they run to you as they look towards you God that they would begin to see 
you like they've never seen you before that would give clarity to the pantry of their life. God, I pray that in this moment, healing would go forth, cleansing would go forth. Whatever's undone, God, we give it to you. Make adjustments, Lord. And God, about that invitation, God's celebration says, here here I am, Lord. Here I am. It's in me. God, use me. Give me a purpose. Give me a reason to breathe another breath. Give me a reason to get out of bed tomorrow. God, God, here I am. I didn't know you could use a messed up person. God, I get it now. I understand it. Here I am, Lord. God, send us into our purpose and into our destinies. God, into our jobs and into our, God, into the places of careers. God, help us, oh God, in our own unique way to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Father, I thank you today. Let this message, God, go deep and grow big in our lives. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you for Madeira. I thank you for Fresno. Bless him. Bless him, God, in a huge way today. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.